you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Well, good morning, everybody on the campus and those joining us online. A Merry Christmas. It is December. Good to see you here today. Hey, grab your Bible or turn on your digital device. Join me in 2 Kings chapter 6 in our Bible study this morning. And we're in a series simply called How You Experience God. How you experience Christ is how you see Christ, how you see, right? How you experience something, it influences how you see it. And at Christmas time, in many ways, we see the season as... Uh, tinsel and lights and everything's nice, right? And, and, and the idea of protection and it's good times and peace on earth and joy to the world and all of those things, right? I remember uh, when the girls were much younger, we were living in Western Pennsylvania and my mom lived over in Strongsville, Ohio, a suburb of Cleveland. And uh, she had, like many of you um, before, had rented a Santa Claus to come to the house and so we packed up the girls. It was about two and a half hour drive uh, over into Ohio. We got there and had dinner and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden the doorbell rang and my mom was like, who could that be, right? And all of the anticipation, enthusiasm. And here comes in Santa and he had a big old bag of toys and he sat in the big chair. And, and, and my Katie at that time was about four years old and she wanted nothing to do with it. Have you had one like that in your family, right? And the idea was like, no, and, and I don't know what it is inside of us as parents. Although they're scared to death, we want to nudge them, push them, traumatize them to go sit on Santa's lap, right? And um, why do we do that, right? Why, right? And all Katie wanted that night was for her daddy to protect her from that big man with a beard in a red suit that she didn't know at all. You see, how you experience God opens your eyes to how God protects you. As human beings, we want protected. It's one of the, the core needs of our humanity. And when that protection begins to slip through our fingers, all kinds of human emotion begins to, to flood us, and we don't live in peace on earth and goodwill towards men. We saw that this week, right? The shootings at the Oxford High School, and once again, our, our minds and the images of, 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 of evil in our world, and, and, and if there's ever a place where we would want a sense of protection, it would be on our school campuses. Uh, that takes us to a Bible passage in 2 Kings chapter 6. Sort of the context, if, if you're somewhat familiar, or maybe this is new, it centers around a guy named Elisha. Uh, he was mentored by a guy named Elijah. They were both prophets. And, and, and they were used significantly by God. But at this point in history, Elijah has now gone on to heaven. And Elisha is, is large and in charge, so to speak. And the kingdom of Israel, it's, it's divided into two parts, similar to how we often feel in 
our country today. We feel divided. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of, of pressure points and anxiety that's, that's working its way through the culture. And Elisha, in this season, he steps up and he speaks truth to power. And at times it really challenges the, the powers to be, in particular, a king, this king of Aram. And this king of Aram thinks to himself, I've had enough of this guy, Elisha. I want to know where he's at, and I'm going to find where he's at, and I'm going to send my best soldiers in. We're going to surround his property, and we're taking this dude, Elisha, out once and for all. Well, Elisha has a small team staff servants that are with him and that's where we pick up the story in second kings chapter 6 and verse 15 here's what the bible says when the servant of the man of god that's elisha one of his staff when the servant of the man of god got up and went out early the next morning an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city oh no my lord what shall we do the servant asked in other words he wakes up he probably hasn't had his cup of coffee yet. And he sees, in our language today, Navy SEALs all around him. And he's thinking to himself, this is the end of us. He, he's been watching, he's been reading on the Twitter feed. Aram's been saying out loud, I'm coming after you. I'm taking you out. You're, you're, not, you're not going to, to make it. And then inside of this servant, a very natural and normal emotion bubbles up. That emotion that, we, that emotion we all have, we're not often willing to put it in play or admit to it, but an emotion called panic. Panic is to be human. When we see things that we don't understand, we begin to experience circumstances that are out of our control, that's what's happening here. Listen, a lot of us, right, been going through this pandemic and we've got like COVID-19 and then you had the Delta variant and now we're told there's this thing called Omicron, right? I mean, you're just like, oh my goodness. And, and all of a sudden inside your, your mind and your heart and your emotions, you think, Oh, I just, what, what's, what's going on? I remember as, as, a, as a high school student, right? And, uh, you know, you're, you're doing the high school thing. You're trying to figure out who you are. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I don't know where it happens. I think the devil must cause it. All of a sudden, you get up the next day, you're going to go to school. Maybe you're finally going to have the courage to ask her out on a date. And there it is right in front of you, a zit on your nose. Where in the world does that come from, right? I mean, it's just, you're just, you're minding your own business and boom, Right there, and then it's the whole dilemma. Do you pick it? Do you pop it? Do you let it just stay right there? And you begin to panic. Oh my goodness, it's the end of the world. I don't, oh, what's going on? Right, right, right. Hey, listen, I realize that, that all of our panic isn't simply around a pimple. Some of it is you, you panic when a marriage begins to drift from vows that were declared till death do you part. Till I'm not sure I love you so much. Or you begin to panic as your kids make decisions, your grandkids make decisions, and inside your heartbeat begins to, to, to beat. You, you, you panic. Sometimes it is as, as natural as you want to get something special for a loved one at Christmas time, and you go to the store, and it's not there, and it's the news, and you think it's on a ship out in the Pacific Ocean, and you panic. Is it ever going to get it work its way towards me? I'm just saying this morning is this servant in this story, 
he panics and the panic is for real. That's the first Christmas. Remember the story? Her her name was Mary and uh, she was engaged to a boy named, help me, Joseph, right? It's all good. Love is in the air. And then the angel Lord comes and says, hey, by the way, his girlfriend, you pregnant. What? What? Wait, what? How is that? I'm, I'm, I'm a virgin. And then, then you talk about panic. We, we get to the story of Joseph's side and Joseph begins to hear that uh, Mary's pregnant. And, and he's like, in his mind, I'm just, I'm just going to divorce her. I'm, 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 I, I, don't, I won't embarrass her. He panics. I certainly can't go talk to my parents about this. I can't talk to my buddies about this. I'll just divorce her. I'm just telling you, the panic thing in life as a human being is for real. It's 1972. I don't know where you were. Many of you weren't. Uh, but it's 1972, and I lived in a town called Manchester, Missouri. It's a suburb of St. Louis. I'm seven years old, and at that time, my parents were still married, and I remember being inside doing what a seven-year-old boy would ever do, playing all that, and I heard ruckus out in the garage. And I came into the garage only to see my dad mounted on my mom and physically abusing her. I can remember distinctly, I'm wearing a kind of a fuzzy, I don't know if it was a sleeper jumpsuit, the kind of crazy stuff you wore in the 1970s, right? And it was just it was this black and, and, and red fuzzy thing, and I panicked. And I remember going and jumping on my dad. And it wasn't so good after that. I'm just telling you, as human beings, we see things. We hear things, a report from the doctor, a lump on our body. In this story, the servant got up that morning and he looked out and he panicked. How in the world do we ever go forward from here? And listen to me, that emotion in you, it's for real. This morning, we, would, we don't need to stuff it any longer. Will I get married? Will my marriage go the distance? Will I ever have children? Will my children follow after God? What's happening in the economy? What's happening with this pandemic? All of that is, this was for real. It wasn't make-believe. Your emotions are for real. The question that's in play this morning is when we panic, who will we let be in control? Because for most of us, when we panic, we take control into our own hands. And most of the times that doesn't work. I'm just saying this morning, your experience with Christ opens up your eyes to Christ. Your experience with God opens up your eyes to God's protection. Here, go back to your Bible. Look at uh, verse 16. Notice what Elisha says to his servant. He says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. If you're taking notes, write this down. Panic is part of our humanity, but perspective from our personal experience with God makes a difference. Elisha had had a previous experience with God. He had walked into a town and God had said, listen, tell that widow to to get some oil and keep pouring it out and, and the oil would never run out. And God fulfilled that promise. That widow's boy became sick 
and God used uh, Elisha to, to bring health back to his body. There was a, a very prominent warrior, his name was Naaman, and he had a terrible disease and God used, Na- God used Elisha to bring health back to Naaman's life. He had a previous experience. Our previous experience, it impacts our perspective. See, how you view things is how you do things. How you view it is how you live through it. This young man, he, he had not had those experiences. He's on the other side. And so he, he brings that sense of panic to Elisha. And Elisha's able to pivot back because he's had a perspective. He's had a relationship. He's had an experience. His attitude has been shaped by his previous experience. See, how you experience God opens up your eyes to God. That's why this experience day after day after day is so important. Isaiah chapter 26 and 3, the Bible says this. You, that's God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Are you experiencing God at a level that your perspective has been influenced so that when the circumstances around you or circumstances around other people, they can come to you and you're able to give them a sense of hope, a sense of it's going to be okay. I've experienced God. I've watched God. I've seen God. See, as, as Christ followers, we should see things before others see because we've got the presence of the Spirit in us. We should, we should see beyond what others see because our hope isn't just in this moment. Our hope goes for all of eternity. And we should always see things bigger than other people see it. Why? Because our God is a really, really big God. Your perspective is rooted in your experience. Panic is is normal. You are not abnormal because of the panic. But now we begin to address the panic through our perspective, through our experience. Let me give you something else. Look what it says in 2 Kings chapter 6 and 17. And Elisha gave the servant the latest Christian book to read, and it made him feel better. And Elisha said, here's a brand new album from Elevation Church. Listen to this and you'll feel better. And Elisha gave him a $100 gift certificate to public. That's not what your Bible says. The Bible says, and Elisha prayed. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. In other words, Elisha took it out of his control and he put it into God's control. See, prayer is the best way to influence people and change you. We spend so much time trying to change her, change him, change that. And we strategize and we manipulate and we buy these gifts and we do all these things so that we will change another human being. Let me me tell you something, and many of you already know, you, you don't change human beings. But when we step into the throne room of God's grace and we pray, it has the potential to change them. But most importantly, it changes me. See, too many times prayer is what? The last resort. Well, I've tried everything else. I've done all that I can do. I guess we should pray. Hey, how about this Christmas season, we move prayer from a last resort to a first response? How about we just, and it's, it, it, is the, it is the hardest thing to do. It's, it's the hardest, it, this is my, 
my pain point, my failure point. I, I, I like to do things. I like to fix it. I like to sit down and strategize it and say, okay, let's make our, 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 our to-do plan and this is the positive and here's the negative to actually stop and pray and to really believe that God has got this. That, that God can open the serpent's eyes. Elisha wanted the servant to see and to experience what he has seen. And he knew his best way forward wasn't him trying to convince him. It was taking him to God. See, that's our mission at Hope. Our, the only reason we exist is to partner with people to discover that in Christ we have hope. We want people, we want God to open up people's eyes because when God opens up their eyes, we don't have to keep convincing them. When the change is internal from the presence of God, that's forever. I'm just saying this morning, your experience with Christ opens our eyes to Christ. And prayer isn't this vending machine, kind of like you walk up to God and say, hmm, let me see what I want today. Let me pop this prayer in, and I want choice C7, boom. A lot of us are mad at God because you've pushed C7, and perhaps nothing's come out quite yet. You see, prayer is believing that God's got this. I can trust him in this, and that in his time, he will show up and do exceedingly and abundantly far beyond what I would even hope or imagine. Why? Because we understand that promises made by God, they're kept by God. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Kings Chapter 6, at the end of verse 17. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around. God is the ultimate promise keeper. At, at that first Christmas, I mean, there was panic. What do you mean I'm pregnant? I've never been with a man. What do you mean she's pregnant? I'll divorce her privately. But God showed up in prayer and spoke into Mary and spoke into Joseph and both of them leaned into the promises of God that I'll be with you I'll I'll go before you I will strengthen you along the way Psalms 145 and 13 the Bible says the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does but what about when it doesn't show up in your timetable What about when he doesn't do it exactly how you wanted it to be? Your experience with God opens your eyes. Elisha understood that, listen, I, I can trust him. His promises are good. His promises are lasting. I might not understand it in this moment. See, your relationship with God is a supernatural relationship. Would you agree? The reason it's supernatural, because it's not natural. If it was natural, you could understand it all. But it's supernatural because it doesn't make no sense. Your relationship with God is extraordinary. It's extraordinary because it's not ordinary. If it's ordinary, you would would understand it. I get it. Two plus two equals four. But when you follow Christ, two plus two doesn't equal four. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die on a cross. That does not equal four extraordinary, supernatural, leave it in the story to trust him. But here's the problem. Here is the problem for all of us. 
is we live in a broken promise world. Some of us have broken promises already today. Maybe this might be too close to home. Somewhere at home, you were supposed to be at Hope Kids this morning, and you didn't feel like getting up because you stayed up late and watched whatever you watched last night, and you said, I'll just, I'll just call the next gen director and say so sorry, so sad I can't be there. Sorry, still love you at home. <laughs> I love you a lot at home. I'm just saying, it's hard to believe that God keep his promises because we experience broken promises every day from people. They have really good intentions. They love us. They're all that kind of stuff, but they say one thing, and then we do the, I, 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 I do that. Let me just pause and say, hey, what a wonderful reminder for all of us. We are setting up or tearing down people's expectations and experiences with God by how we fulfill our promises to them. Yeah, okay, we, we are setting people up or tearing people down to their expectations and experiences with God by how we fulfill our promises to them. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me say that again because that was the first time. <laughs> Woo, that was some pressure. Whoa, baby. Hey. Okay, I hope someone wrote that down. Tell that to me later. I'll need to remember that. Psalms 34 and 19, the Bible says, the righteous person may have many troubles. Anybody have some troubles here today? I, I do. I got plenty to complain about and lots to whine about. Afterwards, go talk to Linda. She, <laughs> she's lived it all, right? Watch. The righteous person may have many troubles. You have troubles. They are for real. This servant had a trouble. He got up. He's standing on the front porch. He's trying to look out at the beautiful Montana mountains, and he can't see them because there's this big army coming against him. His eyes are closed. Elisha is pointing him to God so that he would open his eyes to the experience of God to see God's protection. But the Lord, verse 19, Psalms 34, but the Lord delivers him from them all. I don't know everything you're facing today. Listen, we did not want to be in the ICU on Thanksgiving Eve. And I don't know how God's gonna show up in George's life. But you know what I believe? I believe his promises are true. And I believe God will show up in you, with you, and for you. And God will show up in George's life. We didn't want to be there, but God says, Mary, he says, he says, but the Lord delivers him from them all. That's a promise this morning, people, that we can embrace and live 24-7. Hey, let me give you one more thing to take with you as the story begins to wind itself down. 2 Kings 6, and look at verse 18. As the enemy came down towards him, the enemy didn't vanish. Your problems don't just go away. They're for real. You don't sweep them under the rug. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha praised the Lord, strike this army with blindness. Notice, he prayed to open his servant's eyes to see the Lord, now he prays against the evil of the day, strike this army with blindness, so he, that's God, struck them with blindness as Elisha has asked. It's awful hard to advance when you can't see where you're going. That's how you pray against evil in the day. 
It's more than your post on social media. It's more than all the things that you get all upset. Hey, how, how about, how, listen, if you see evil in the culture, how about you just start asking God to blind the evil in the culture? Hey, maybe the reason we've got evil in the culture is there's not enough Christ followers praying against the evil in the culture. Too busy trying to politicize it and social media it away, which those two avenues have no authority and no power. See, here's the question all of us have to ask, answer this morning is this, is my protection comes from, you got to fill in the blank. My, my, my protection comes from my 401k. My, 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 my protection comes from Bitcoin. I hope you didn't look at it over this weekend because it's going down, 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 right? Wait, stay with me. Some of you are about to go look at your Bitcoin right now. Don't go yet. Go look later. I'm just telling you, it, it, it's, it's not good, right? I'm, I'm just asking you, where? All the phones are coming up. Mark, why did you say that? Okay, right. I, I'm, you got it. My, my, my strength, my protection comes from my spouse, my kids, my parents. At the end of the day in the Christmas story, Joseph and Mary, their protection came from God. You know people were texting and all they were being canceled. My Mary, hello, that's a new one. Haven't heard that one before. You pregnant and God did it. Okay. Joseph, man, we knew we knew you didn't have a spine. You're gonna marry her and she's been sleeping with somebody else. But see, they understood that their protection comes from God. Our protection. You're facing some big things. Some of the things are, are, are inside of us. It's, it's the daily temptation to, to throw in the towel, the, the pressure point, the choices. Listen to Corinthians 10 and 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Whatever you're facing today, listen, it's, it's a pressure point. In your humanity, you will panic over it. But God's promise to you is he has given you a way out. You've got to fill in the blank this morning. My protection comes from... You, you, can, you can think about all the things you've done in the past. Oh my goodness, if I wouldn't have done that. You can worry about all the things that are yet to come in the front. I'll never do that. And you can isolate. We've watched that the last two years. We can isolate ourselves. We're so afraid of what's going to be happening out in this big world. Or you can step in and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God. It's not about my personality. It's not about, I'm going to begin to believe. I'm going to ask this morning for the God of the universe to open up my eyes, just like he did to this servant. He couldn't see, but by the end of the story, his eyes were opened. He could see this vast army. And then God asked God to blind that army. And now the Bible says they began literally fighting against themselves. And that army was destroyed that day. And the servant and Elisha was safe. The greatest protection that God has given all of us is from sin. Your biggest problem is not who's the president. Your biggest problem isn't what happens in the economy. Your biggest problem isn't your kids. Your biggest problem isn't whatever. Mankind's number one problem is their sin because we can't do anything about it. 
I can't do anything about my sin. I can't, I can't work my way out of it. I can't, behave my better, my, I can't behave a better way through it. That's why the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. We've all earned death because of sin. Every one of us. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In a season where it centers around gift giving, you need to know the greatest gift that's ever been wrapped and put under the tree of your life is Jesus Christ. God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but rather that the whole world would be saved through him. And if you've never begun a relationship with Jesus this morning, right where you're sitting, just say in your own voice, Jesus, save me. I believe that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. You were buried in a tomb for three days and you came back to life. You are the Son of God and I want you to save me, control my life. And to those who are praying that prayer this morning, welcome to God's family. Love to help you continue to grow in your journey in following Jesus. You can text the word today to 63566. This is not just some random moment. This is, this is the moment that changes your life. This is the moment that, 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 that takes you from a, from a place of panic to a place of peace. We can have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't have to live in panic any longer because of Jesus. But we have to receive him. This morning, before we scoot on with the rest of our day, I'm going to pray for us. So just in the quietness of where you're sitting, would you, would you just bow your heads? And, and for just a moment, would you be willing to just sit there? And, and I want you to take the posture of the servant in this story. And if you'd allow me, and not because I'm anything special, just for the illustration, I'm going to take the posture of Elisha. And what I'm going to believe by faith is there, there is something in your life right now that you're blinded to. And it's creating anxiety and panic in your life. That's okay. I can tell you that's true in my life. I've had anxiety and panic this year over my physical body. I've had panic and anxiety at different times over the role of being a dad. I've had panic and anxiety over what I see in the news in our country and the direction. So having that this morning does not make you or me less than. It makes us human and it, it, it sets us up for the miraculous presence of God in our life. So I want, you to, I want you to fixate right now on that thing that you can't see. I want you to be that servant of Elisha. I want you to picture yourself. You're stepping out on the front porch of your life. And what is that thing right now that you're seeing that's causing panic? A relationship that has yet to happen? A marriage that's not so healthy? A loved one who's in the hospital right now? You're about to go through Christmas with a loved one who's not here, and you're wondering, how do I do that? An addiction that no matter how hard it seems that you try, you just cannot get over it. Now I'm going to do my part. Father in heaven, my name is Mark. 
and these wonderful men and women, you love them, you created them. And right now their eyes cannot see that those who are for us and with us, your army, your Holy Spirit, the victory we have because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greater is you that's in us than the pressure points and the anxiety and the problems that they see in the world. They cannot yet see it. I'm asking Father in heaven, Holy Spirit, would you right now, individually, not collectively, individually in the space, in the pain point, in the panic point that they're having right now, would you open up their eyes? Let them see your hand of protection. Let them see it. Let it be get birthed deep down inside of them. God, let them to begin to have a deep awareness that you are with them, that you are moving in their life, that you're in this space. God, would you open up our hearts and our minds to this power of worship, that when we declare your worth, it invites your miraculous power. Would you once again remind us, God, that you are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. God, the darkness that we, we have, would you illuminate it this morning? Would you remind all of us that you are healing our hearts. You are setting captives free. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't understand it, God, remind all of us this morning that you are working. I love you. I need you more right now. We need you more right now than we've ever been, ever been before. I love you. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Would you stand with me, please? There's not a more important time than these closing minutes. And in these minutes, with your voice and with your heart, would you declare that God is your way maker? If you'd like to come down to the front and have a, a time of prayer, maybe you need to bring some of that panic and put it at the altar and to leave it here. Pastor Brian, myself, others will be here. We will pray with you. Whatever it is this morning, would you step into this space? Would you worship him and declare with your lips and your life that your protection, your way maker comes from the name of Jesus Christ alone.